what do I what do I want to start up with? I don't know why I'm having such a hard time with the opening intro today. I feel like my intro is just always the same, but today I'm like, what do I say? <laughs> kind of speechless. If you guys are watching on YouTube, I'm looking a little formal today. I was like, I kind of want to hop on this podcast, and I, I noticed like I wear I wear sweats a lot, and I'm like, you know what? Like, let me let me like dress up. Let me get myself together. Like this is. This is important news, so let me dress like it's important. <laughs> um, but hi, you guys. Uh, my name is Emmy Moore. Welcome to this podcast. This is Saved Not Soft, a Christian podcast where we talk about all things Christianity, navigating your walk with Christ, and what it's like to be a Christian. This is not a soft walk. It is hard. That is why I named this Saved Not Soft. This is not um, a soft position to hold. It's not a soft journey. It's something that is hard and holds trials, and we're just here together um, as a collective, as a church, as uh, one body, um, just serving the King and saying, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> but God, you do. So I'm here to just be submitted to you, Lord, and just uh, hear what you have to say. And I'm so glad that you guys are here. For those, um, if this is your first time listening, welcome. I'm so blessed that you are here. Um, I'm praying for each and every single one of you guys that the Lord is just transforming your heart, speaking life into you, and um, not only just keeping it personal between you and Him, but also extending that out to other people, that what He speaks over you isn't just something that stays in your room. It's something that leaves your home, that goes into your school, that goes into your church, that goes into your work, that goes into dance class or basketball practice, whatever it may be. Um, I just pray that the Lord's word today is transformative. And I do believe a lot of you guys are going to be set free from this message and um, maybe acknowledge something that you'd even notice you've been doing maybe your whole life. Maybe this is something none of you have ever heard um, and something that we need to bring light to, to acknowledge it, to quite honestly, get it out. <laughs> um, to, to understand the the power of things, why um, the Lord um, says certain things in scripture, what they mean. And we're just going to break that down today. And today, I really want to talk about the power of the tongue and how important it is to know the importance um, of the blessings and the dangers of the tongue. And um, we're going to read in the book of James today, chapter three, and um, I'm very excited for you guys to hear what, um, what, what, um, what the book of James has to say about this. I don't know why I was like, what, 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 stuttering, um, but I'm very excited for um, us to dive into this together because this is going to be a word that is encouraging but refining at the same time. It's it's encouraging because you're you're going to realize when you understand the importance of the tongue, it's going to cause a shift into your life, but it also cause um, with that comes a lot of self-discipline. So um, today we're just going to see, you know, why does the tongue hold so much power? Why, why do I hear that the tongue holds life or death? That sounds pretty serious. What does that mean? Um, and how can I, as a Christian, go forward um, knowing how to use my my tongue to the best extent. We're going to open up in prayer, and then we're going to read scripture, and then we're just going to chop this thing down. So uh, if you guys could please bow your heads um, with me, and we're just going to communicate to our Lord. Lord, thank you for uh, coming into this room, God. Uh, I give you this position. I give you um, this this platform. I give you this podcast. I give you this mic, everything, Lord, everything that flows out of my mouth, God, I just pray that it is strictly from you, God, no external source. I pray that this is your message. Your will will be done. And I pray that those two who are listening, they will be set free. They will be transformed and they will hear you. You say for those who are meant to hear that they will hear God. So I just pray that, um, these people who are listening are, um, postured, uh, in a place to where they can receive you your word and apply it, God. So Lord, not only are we uh, ready to receive your word, but we're ready to apply it. So we just thank you for being here, for invading this room. And I just uh, would like to invite those who are listening to 
ask God right now to come into your room or if you're at the gym or if you're driving home from work or whatever it may be that God I invite you into this place Lord I invite you into my room just like how uh, those on the other side of the screen are inviting you to where they are right now and we just thank you we praise you and we can't hear uh we can't wait to hear what you have to say god and we adore you we love you in jesus name we pray amen um so yeah this is gonna be a kind of a blunt topic uh (laughs) i feel like god uh has given me the gift to, I feel like it's a, a blessing and a curse, but I really had to pray that God sharpened my tongue for this because uh, one of my gifts is that the Lord has uh, gifted me to naturally uh, modernize things for people to understand, but with that comes bluntness. And um, this topic is going to come off very, very blunt, but it it has to it has to be said this way for you guys to understand how important this is and um god is just gonna completely speak i'm literally just gonna hand the mic to him and he's just gonna go go dummy on this so um we're gonna be reading james chapter three today along with some other verses but uh the one we're we're gonna be looking at is james chapter three uh specifically one through twelve and i read in the niv version um and before i read this uh i i would just like to open up the the idea that there are things that we proclaim that we should not be proclaiming or we're not proclaiming anything at all. We are misusing the purpose of our tongue. And I want you guys to listen to this part of scripture thinking and knowing that this is what the tongue is described as. So I really want you guys to listen to what the word of God has to say about the tongue, and then we'll just kind of chop it down from there. So uh, chapter three, starting in verse one, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in checked. When we put bits into the mouths of horses and make them obey us, we could turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and so driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes a great boast. Consider what a great forest is set by a small spark, set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can ever can tame the tongue. It is restless evil, fully of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father— And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeliness. Out of the same mouth, praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. I got a lot to say about this. (laughs) And I'm that that whole Big old passage we just read. There, there's a lot in there. I got to focus on um, talking about the tongue. Like in the beginning, how it says, you know, don't don't get in a rush to become a teacher. You guys shouldn't be teachers because, um, you know, you're held to to a higher standard. That's that's something I'm going to talk about in another episode. So I'm just going to kind of pin that right now so, um, because we're going to focus on the tongue. And um, we immediately notice that the tongue is symbolized as something small that holds big power so one of the examples being likewise the tongue is a small part of the body but it makes great boasts consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark that is an absolute bar from the bible like like literally it like, I know you guys have seen TV and like Smokey the Bear come on and he's like, only you can prevent forest fires. This is the same analogy. Like, you see in the infomercials how like 
one of them got like a freaking stupid cigarette and then just tosses it and then everything goes into fire and abomination like a whole forest because of a cigarette this is how much power your tongue holds this is how intense it is your tongue is the the three dollar cigarette you're dropping on the floor that could be hidden the forest onto abomination and that's kind of scary to think well if my tongue is that powerful then you got to ask yourself what have i spoken into my life that has caused abomination just because i was spitting out just straight cigs <laughs> i'm just using cigs as a as an example because like we think of like smoky the bear it's like you throw a cigarette in the forest and it's not done burn out and then it starts a fire and then just rapidly you know and it's like you're in a forest and imagine just dropping all this stuff because of your tongue, because of what you're proclaiming. And like how I said in the beginning, there are things that we are proclaiming that we should not be proclaiming. There, there's so much I want to touch in this and I'm, and I'm trying not to like go all over with it. But this is basically the, the same, the passage we're going to focus on the whole time we're here in. Uh, I I like to read scripture in j- different translations too. Um, I find it really interesting, and I read it in the message version as well. And it kind of simplifies all the fancy verbiage, I would say. So I'm going to read the same passage, but this is a different translation. So you guys are going to hear it a bit differently. And same same thing three one through twelve. Do not be in any rush to become a teacher, my friends. Teaching is highly responsible work. Teachers are held to the strictest standards, and none of us is perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person and a perfect control of life. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder in a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets, uh, sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. Yikes. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on reputation, send the whole world up in smoke, and go up in the smoke with it. Smoke right right from the pit of hell. This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you cannot tame a tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild. With our tongues, we bless God our Father. With the same tongues, we curse every man and woman that he's made in his image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth, my friends. This cannot go on. We talked about the, (laughs) like, a small, or where was it? It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. What does that look like? You're speaking lies into a situation that could be truthful, that needs encouragement, that needs hope. But instead, you're speaking discouraging words over it. You're setting a spark into your forest. So I'm going to kind of... Talk a little about uh, what this means and how we affirm things over our lives and how that like kind of plays out, I guess. Um, my forest, um, I, I was throwing sparks into was whenever uh, I was in high school. And I've opened up about my anxiety on here and how uh, I've dealt with anxiety. I was a victim of anxiety and uh, it was something that completely had me in a chokehold, like bad. And I had panic attacks every day for like six months straight, if not more. And it was a very scary experience and it was something I was held captive by. And as I look back on my journey with anxiety, I noticed that I would always affirm that I have it. That, oh, I have anxiety. I deal with anxiety. Making anxiety a part of my identity when anxiety is not my identity. Because anxiety did not make me. Anxiety did not call me out by name. God did. 
God is the only person who can identify me. And I was allowing anxiety, fear, which is opposite of God, to define me and to identify who I am when I was placed and selected by the king. So when I, when, when we hear that a spark thrown into a forest causes abomination and, and just wildfire and corruption, that is what you're doing to yourself. Something so small, a word saying, I have anxiety, is affirming, is, is um, immediately objectifying yourself with anxiety. You're saying pretty much, I'm fine with having anxiety in my life because I identify myself with it. That's what you're agreeing to when you say that. And I know some of you guys, this is kind of hard to hear. And you're like, well, what am I supposed to say? This is kind of like, like I, I deal with anxiety and as I noticed that uh, when, I, when I went through this uh, last year, I had to change my words because as I started to notice that the tongue holds power, the way you say things holds power, even your tone holds power. We're going to go into that later. But um, what, what you say matters and you really got to be careful what you wish for and you better watch your mouth because whatever comes out is going to be claimed. Because it comes from the heart. So when I say I have, ang- I, I have anxiety, I'm identifying myself with it. Why would I, a child of God, want to identify myself with fear? I don't. I really don't. But because I'm so corrupt and stirred inside, the enemy will plant seeds inside of you so you could proclaim it outside of your mouth. Just so you could proclaim what he's planting inside of you. It's a tactic. Oh, I'm going low-key off topic, but like, I didn't even write this down. This is how I know, like, God going off the dome. Okay. Oh my gosh. No, I got to share this story. Sorry this, like, episode is kind of all over the place. I'm just letting, like, God do it. But, um, pin. I'm going to pin this right here. Let me finish what I was going to say, and then I'll go into the next thing I was going to say. Uh, but basically... When you just affirm that, affirm that, affirm that, you're identifying yourself with something that is completely opposite than God. And so you may ask yourself, well, if I am a victim of anxiety, like how do I, how do I express that without affirming something over my life? And it's by saying, you know, I'm tempted by anxiety. Anxiety tries to attack me. Like, you know, like changing your words, when you say I have anxiety, Like, that's saying, like, I have blue eyes. Like, I just can't take out my eyeball and make it brown. Like, I I have blue eyes. I I have black hair. When you say you have anxiety, it lingers, it stays in you. No, it don't. You better rebuke that. Whoever's listening right now, if you have ever proclaimed over your life that you have you have uh, depression, that you have anxiety, that you are not worth it, that you do not feel worthy, that you are not a child of God, that you will never meet up to the standards of your brothers or sisters or your parents or whoever it may be, that you are not enough. I just want you to tell yourself right now, I, I or just say, I rebuke in the name of Jesus. Like, come on. I rebuke in the name of Jesus that I have ever identified myself with words that are not from God, whatever that may be. If you ever associated yourself with any sort of mental illness, even physical illness, people, things that do not define you and say, I have this. That thing does not define you. God does. And when you proclaim it, you're making that true. I'm gonna tell you a story real quick. Uh, again, <laughs> again, God just kind of, I can't believe like I wrote this, this episode. And then I'm finally thinking about this right now. Cause, uh, there was a time where the devil really tried to play me. And, uh, I was so, I, I'm blessed that I was able to see and know who my enemy was. So I could, uh, know how to, how to react and fight back. This happened last year, and I shared this on my TikTok page. And dang, I heck, I forgot this happened. This is the perfect time to bring it up. Okay. Um, so last year, I had a really crazy dream. Um, a dream that, oh, I got to be specific. I, I had a dream that uh, one of my parents passed away. And it scared me so bad uh, to where 
in my dream, there was a lot of crazy stuff that was happening. And um, in my dream, I was told that I had to do certain things and that one of my parents was going to die in my dream. That's what the what was being told to me in my dream. And I was like, oh, nah. And so I wake up tripping, sweating, crying, and I'm just crying, freaking out all day. And I'm like, what is going to happen today? Are my Is one of my parents going to get into like a car wreck? Is something going to happen? And I'm freaking out. I, I wake up from this dream completely startled, just like, what? And I'm thinking this dream is from God. Okay. I wake up thinking this dream is from God, thinking God gave me this dream that one of my parents is going to pass and I'm freaking out and I'm rambling everywhere and I'm, and I'm calling people, no one's answering and I'm just flustered. And not once did I pray to God, I was just immediately scared. Right. And I'm like, he, he's telling me this so I can be prepared and like all this stuff. And then, uh, I call my godmom or my mom, my, my godmom calls me and she says, Hey, hon, what's going on? And I told her the dream that I had. And I said, mom, God gave me a dream saying that, that one of my, one of my parents is going to pass. And now I'm scared. I don't know what to do. I'm freaking out. I'm running and I'm, and I'm just rambling, rambling. And she's like, stop. How do you know it was from God? And I go, oh, uh, because it seems urgent. Like, why else would I have that dream? You know? And she said, well, you know, when you sleep, you're in your most vulnerable state of mind, right? And I was like, yeah. And she said, God wouldn't scare you and me. And immediately I like kind of sat back and I was like, oh yeah, you're right. (laughs) God wouldn't scare me. Why would God give me a nightmare? Why would God do that to me? You think God's going to torment me with a, with a tormentive dream? No. And I woke up tripping, scared. And she was like, I think you should better analyze where that dream came from. And so as she told me that, I started praying to God. And immediately he was like, this, this wasn't for me, Emmy. And I was like, dang, so, so uh, now I can assume who sent this dream. But I was like, why did this dream come up? Like, what, what was the point of that? How was I getting attacked in this area? And God said, Emmy, the enemy sent you that dream so you could proclaim death over your parents. That is so sinister. This is how Satan operates. He plants a seed in you. If it's a dream, if it's a thought, makes you think that it's yours or that it's from God. So you could proclaim it and make it true. Satan knows the power of the tongue. Why do you think so many people deal with intrusive thoughts? Why do you think a lot of people will think something, express it, and then it goes boom, or it happens? You think those are words of manifestation? (laughs) That is the power of the tongue. This isn't new age witchcraft. This is biblical. This isn't just... Oh, well, if I say it, it will become true because I believe in the universe. It's biblically written. Where do you think that practice comes from? The Bible. (laughs) It literally says it in even in the Old Testament. This is even something new when Jesus came. Says it in Habakkuk. I think it's Habakkuk uh, 2.2 and it says, write down the proclamations or the revelations I've given you on tablets. So the word could become living like words are so powerful, right? And I think we, we need to be very aware of the dangers of the tongue, how Satan knows how powerful our tongues are for better or for worse, because your words could, could heal or kill someone. You have a weapon in your mouth. You, uh, your tongue is like a hammer. Either you could build something with it or you could kill someone with it. <laughs> kill Bill. That, that's how our tongue is. It has the ability to heal or to kill, to 
build something, to build the kingdom of God, or or to kill anything that is in front of you. And Satan knows this. We got to know our enemy in this. The, the enemy knows how God operates, but not necessarily the next move he's going to make. But he knows, Satan knows that he can manipulate. That That's, that's the number one thing we know uh, he knows how to do is to manipulate, to lie, to be deceiving, and to be prideful, and to be persuasive. So when the enemy's dropping the this ideology, these words, these thoughts in your brain, don't think that it's from you or from or don't think that it's from you or that it's from God because it's Satan trying to trap you. It's Satan trying to have you proclaim something that is not from you or from God. Because he knows that what you say declares life or death. So those ideas, those thoughts, intrusive thoughts, whatever it may be, you got to go to God and say, God, is this from you? Or is this or is this someone trying to attack me right now and proclaim something that I should not be proclaiming? And we know that God's not scary. So if you wake up like how I did, scared, terrified of a nightmare and thinking god gave me this nightmare so i had to move i had to do this god's not gonna scare you there's there's a difference between fear of the lord and literal legitimate fear like i'm scared with the lord who shall i fear god wouldn't scare the dog crap about you (laughs) he's not gonna do that he's not gonna sit here and, and scary, like, you know, do you know how, like, evil that would be for God to do? And that is the complete opposite of who he is. And that would not be righteous for him to do. So when you get these things that are that are planted in your head, your mind, or words that are spoken over you, just, just ask yourself, is this from you, God? Seek him and go, is this what you're telling me? Is this what you want over my life? Or is this a seed that someone else is trying to plant? This podcast all over the place. This is not how I lined up this talk whatsoever. I'm sitting here. Dang. What's crazy is that I prayed before this podcast and I was like, God, you have control of my tongue right now. Like, whatever you want to say, just say it. The stuff I'm saying right now, I didn't even write down. Like, if you're on YouTube, you're saying I haven't really even looked down on my phone <laughs> except to read the verses. I did not plan to say any of this. I'm just I'm just amazed by what God is doing right now and like how he's speaking. But, uh. We see that the tongue is powerful. It's small. And it can be easily manipulated. So you gotta you gotta put your guard up. You gotta uh do you know what the tongue remind me of? <laughs> also, not a hammer that could build or kill, but the tongue reminds me of a of a two-year-old toddler that just like have you ever picked up a kid and it just squirms <laughs> like you've ever picked up a kid and this thing just throw like you try to pick up a baby and it just like <laughs> it just like shakes its body and collapses and you literally cannot tame this child because it's just all over the place like that's how I think our tongue is but also a toddler can be sweet but then again it could it, it, it could be something we can't we can't tame <laughs> that was just a thought I had I don't know I was just expressing that but uh our, our tongue is so powerful and our our tongue can be easily manipulated so how could we be in a position to tame it and that's kind of a tricky question because we see in James chapter 3 it says you know man has tamed animal but man has never tamed the tongue and it's something we literally cannot do because to have a perfect tongue means to have you have it means to have you have to have a perfect tongue means that you have complete control over your life. This is the steering wheel to your car. And if this is in track, everything else is. And there's only one person who did that. And you best believe it was Jesus. So then comes the question, you know, how, how am I expected to tame my tongue when I can't tame my tongue because I'm not perfect? That's where grace comes in. Again, y'all, got to remind you every episode, this is all about progression and not perfection. The Lord doesn't expect you to be perfect because that is 
not possible because we are naturally sinful, but he does call us to progress, to have willingness to search and long after him and to better ourselves for him. That's what God asks us to do. So when we hear like, okay, you want me to tame the tongue, but I can't tame it. What does that mean? Exactly. You can't. He can. You can't tame the tongue on your own. We need the Lord to come in and to teach us how to speak. Teach us how to speak around others and behind their backs. Oh, you didn't think I was going to talk about gossip today? <laughs> you think your, your tongue matters when you're just in a room full of people? You think the power of the tongue is only... Uh, you think the power of the tongue only applies when... You're with your friends or when you're in front of a crowd or when you're teaching or when you're with your family. It matters behind closed doors, too. This isn't just something that's like, oh, well, I'm just talking with a group of friends. This is when you're at home by yourself. This is when you're just talking to that certain someone. What you say matters. Watch your mouth and what you say. Because what you're saying behind people's backs, you might be accidentally affirming something over them that they don't want confirmed. And what's even more scarier is that people have probably already done that to you. How many nasty words have been spoken about us behind our backs that we don't even know about? We got, we got to think about this, y'all. There are really people who curse you and you don't even know it. And people think that cursing is just like a, oh, I cursed this individual that she has. No, it's just straight up gossiping. Someone talking smack about you is cursing you. Saying, oh, she she don't got this and she will never be this. And oh, she going to this school and she like dumb and she's not going to get that degree. What do you think that's causing over your life? And that was said behind closed doors and you'd even hear it. We got to rebuke these words that people say behind your back. Because the same mouth that blessings come out of is the same mouth that produces curses. And we have to lock, we got to lock that thing down. Got to lock that thing up. Mm-mm. There are people who say evil things behind a closed door. And you have to be in a position with Jesus, with God, to rebuke it. Because there are people who are who are speaking curses over your life maybe for years maybe your whole life and you don't even know it maybe some of the problems that are in your life like god i never asked for this maybe someone else did this is how intense it is this is how powerful our tongue is and the same way that people can curse you it's the same way you have the ability to curse other people just because you think negatively of them. And why is that? We find that out because in... Let me find the verse. Uh, music. Like, this was all my notes. I'm not reading any of it. We're just going to go to it. We're just going down a down a different route. I'm not, I'm not mad, though. Let me find the verse. I definitely wrote it down. It's uh, Luke 6, 45. And it says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful. Do you know how crazy that is to think about? So if my heart has the ability to lie... And my, and my tongue produces whatever is stored up in the heart. I am proclaiming lies. I could be proclaiming, uh, I could be proclaiming curses over people just because of the emotion and deceitfulness that is wrapped up in my heart. Because whatever is in the heart will be revealed through the tongue. And it could just be in the moment too. Like, oh, y'all, I didn't plan to say any of this. Like, I'm like, I'm sorry I keep saying that. It's just kind of like God's just like flowing and it's just like great. But uh, let me reposition myself because I was kind of sitting kind of low. Uh, 
<sighs> your tongue, uh, what you say matters. And like how, how I've been saying this whole time, it can heal, it can kill, it can build you up or it can strike you down. It could build other people up or it could strike other people down. Your, your tongues doesn't only matter for your salvation, but for other people's as well. Your tongue can make or break someone. That's why a lot of you parents need to be careful about what you say to your kids. Oh, I'm going in. Growing up as someone who dealt with verbal abusement, this is something I, I learned very quickly. The power of words, what it holds over a person. How it can change their complete ideology of who they are. Just because you felt angry in a moment, you're insecure and you're childish, and you're ignorant to heal. And because you have that stored up in your heart, you've projected that to curse someone else. Uh, when I'm at the grocery store, I feel like I see this a lot with, with parents because at the grocery store, you get all types of different people. You get, you know, Christians, people who are definitely not Christian. You get, you get every different type of person at a grocery store. But I feel like at the grocery store is where I really see parents' true colors come out. And when I see, you know, kids are going to be kids. Um, I get they're just going to flop on the floor and like slobber and all this stuff. And it's kind of like, whoa, this is intense, you know, but I will see uh, some parents in, in grocery stores slap their child across the face, slap their hands saying, you better F and not F and F it. Your child is four and already you're cursing them with, with your foul language and nasty language. You're being annoying. Stop being a stop being a crybaby. Big boys don't cry. Big girls don't cry. What? Like and I would like to say a lot of this is narcissism and a uh authoritative spirit that uh I don't know. I'm not a parent, but this is this is something I've I've noticed with parents that are verbally abusive that they they think it's empowering when they tell their child to don't cry because you're a big boy and big boys don't cry. Jesus wept, and he was a man. And you're and you're telling your child not to cry. Like I've seen, I've seen parents like full on slap their kids because they're touching like the, the Tootsie Rolls in the, in the aisle of, of the target line. And they're like, don't touch that. Keep your hands off. You're this, you're annoying. You don't know how to behave. They're six. They, they're curious. Of course, they're going to want to touch the Tootsie Roll. It, it look appealing or the Tic Tacs or the, cause they want to shake it. Or the Reese's Pieces or the Skittles because it got a rainbow on it. Your kids are going to be curious. And here you are slapping them across the face, telling them that they're annoying, that they're not worth it, that they need to shut up and listen and keep the hand, their hands to themselves. When in all actuality, you're an insecure adult that has authoritative problems trying to control your child because you don't know how to control your tongue. And you think that's disciplining your child? You're punishing your baby when you're doing that. You think telling your kid you're annoying is helping them? You're annoying. Get away from me. I'm done with you right now. Like, having, having kids obviously ain't easy. I have a brother who's eight, and uh, he, I feel like I'm low-key a second mom to him. <laughs> I feel like, uh, well, he, uh, he was born when I was 13, and through high school, like, I was always I just been helping out and that's my bud that's that's like my best friend but I understand the the trials of raising a child it's hard you can't help how they act especially um my little brother Austin he um deals and is tempted with a lot of like social stuff he gets overstimulated and we're working through that and praying through that but um it, it's hard to deal with um a child like that and just children in general. 
I'm not going to sit here and slap him across the face because he's not doing what I ask him to do. God doesn't do that to us and we're his children. So why are we treating our children differently? You think God slaps us across the face and calls us annoying and that we're not worth it and that we're being overdramatic and we needed to stop crying? No, God's saying, sit with me. I want to hear your cry. And if your baby is touching something, that baby should not be touching. Oh, big thought. If, if your kid is touching something that you do not want them to touch, instead of slapping their hand and saying, you're annoying, keep your hands to yourself. You don't know what you're doing. You're this, you're that. And just condemning them with those hateful words. Imagine if you were to just show them and teach them to, to respect you, not by being overly control of and, and authoritative, but by kindness and by gentleness. And I noticed, I noticed this pattern with uh, people who are older and they speak these hateful words and this, I, I don't know what it is. This is just a self-observation. I, I guess I might be being, I might be biased with this, but I've noticed a lot of the older generation holds a lot of um, uh, aggressive verbiage, if you will. <laughs> I feel like our, uh, the older generation is very verbally aggressive and then wonder why Gen Z is so sensitive. Like, oh, they're just so sensitive now. In some areas, yeah, like, yeah, I, I could agree. But for the most part, I've seen how a lot of older people are verbally uh, abusive and manipulative. And I don't know if that's just like how they grew up or maybe it's the city I live in. But um, I, I notice how, like, you you wonder why things keep happening. It's because you're telling your child to, like, just shut up and listen and like just condemning your kid when your kid just doesn't know what they're doing because they're a kid and they need guidance. They need leadership. And do you think children are going to find leadership from someone who's screaming at them all the time? And I'm not saying don't be authoritative. I'm saying don't idolize your authority and control over a child. Your baby is not your puppet. Simply. I, and, I, and I'm not trying to tell people how to parent. I'm just saying that we need to uh, re, reintroduce gentleness to children, to, to those who are littler than us. Because I think people can be so quick to be harsh, but um, not so quick to be gentle. And uh, something I noticed in my life growing up is that when it came to words and a lot of my verbal abusement, it was um, not only telling me that uh, a lot of the, the thing that I would be told a lot is that you're dramatic. You're doing too much. You're being extra. You need to calm down. And the reason why I was so quote unquote loud was because I was just trying to have someone hear me. What I have to say, because I felt like no one was listening to me and appreciating and understanding what I had to say and what I needed. So when you're told you need to do this, it's discouraging when all I wanted was some was for someone to listen. And uh, the tongue in this can also go from disencouraging words than to also implementing an ideology on someone else. So I know a lot of people, especially with how I grew up, it was uh, this is. So say if you're not supposed to touch something, right? You would think like the majority of parents would be like, hey, don't touch this. Um, you'll get hurt. Just keep your hands to yourself, bud. Like, and if you touch it, you're going to end up getting hurt, you know? But my parents was the type that was like, if you touch this, it's going to scrape you. You're going to get a disease and die. It's terrible for you. Like implement fear into something. So not only do you say words over me that are disencouraging, but you're also implementing fear into my life. I just want to bring this like to the light so we could understand that it, the tongue is a door. You say a word first and it flings open and then you could shoot in fear. Then you could shoot in insecurity. Then you could shoot in whatever it may be. It's like that tongue, your words, or for better or for worse, and when you use it for worse, you're just opening that door open so you can pop, pop, pop in front of it. 
So you could just start launching missiles through that door and cause an abomination. Because how we read about the tongue is that is that the tongue is like a spark to a forest wildfire. And I I, I know I just kind of went deep as to like we need to be careful how we speak to people and how we need to speak over ourselves. Even when we express how we feel like I'm not enough. You better rebuke that. You are. And I think the most of the time why we feel not loved and not enough and unworthy is because we keep proclaiming it over ourselves and not even know it. We're blindly doing it. We're just talking about, oh, I just... I, I, I'm not worthy. I just know I'm not going to get into the school and I, I don't know if I'm going to get this degree and I, I, I don't feel worthy of being a girlfriend to anyone I, and I know I'm unlovable. I just... You, that, that's not coming from the fruit of the kingdom. Those are lies stored up in you. And when you proclaim that with your tongue, you're affirming that. And God wants to tell you guys today that this cannot be. Do not... Do not proclaim lies over your life. Like I said, whether if it's a mental illness, whether if it's a physical illness or insecurity or people talking badly about you, don't proclaim it. You got to rebuke it. You got to say, no, I know, I know who God calls me to be. Like that song, I am who you say I am, whatever. Like I am who you say I am. I do not identify with these words that I say over myself that other people say about me? God, who do you call me to be? Because your word, what comes off of your tongue, is who I am. And I think knowing who God is and um, seeing how Jesus speaks and operates gives us an, an example of how we should speak to others. Um, we see when Jesus was... Um, here on earth, even whenever he spoke to the Pharisees, the people who were not trying to mess with Jesus, he was kind and gentle to them through his words and actions. How quick are we to strike at those who are a quote unquote threat to us? How quick are we to curse those that are actually the same flesh and blood as us? Even in a uh, like we're so we're so quick to attack we're so quick to curse we're so quick to cause commotion and violence even whenever jesus got arrested um peter striked at the um was it the priest the priest oh i gotta search this up it was the priest priest's oh gosh y'all i gotta cut this because i gotta find it i'm not gonna have you sit here and wait for me to find it or, or I don't know. What should we talk about? <laughs> I got to find it because I got to read it. I was reading in the book of John. And I believe I was reading 18. Yes, Jesus arrested. It was, uh, so Judas came to the garden, uh, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests of the Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Uh, Jesus answered. Okay. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew and struck the high priest's servant. So, Jesus was getting arrested. Like, this wasn't just like, oh, the Pharisees came to chill with Jesus. Like, Jesus was getting full-on arrested. The Pharisees come, and then Peter immediately goes, oh, no, you're not getting my Jesus, and strikes the priest's servant and cuts off his ear. And Jesus is like, boy, what are you doing? Like, why did you cut off his ear? And he's like, God, because, like, Peter was ready to go. I believe he was Simon now. Simon Peter was ready to go. And Jesus is like, my son, like, I didn't, I didn't ask you to do this. Like, you're so quick to stab and to strike when you didn't even take my instruction. We do that with our tongue. If we feel an emotion, we verbalize it like that. And we, what we don't know is that we're actually cursing or blessing the situation when we do that. In Proverbs, we just read that whatever is stored up in the heart is, is, is a byproduct of what comes out of the tongue. 
So if there are good, if there are good things that are stored up in my heart, my tongue has the ability to bless whatever's around me because of the good, the good, the good things that are stored up in it. Just like how evil is. And I think I'm highlighting the evil more than the good is because I I really don't think that we realize that we don't watch our mouths. And that's why I'm highlighting how dangerous it is because the blessings are always good, but the, the dangers is causing us corruption and it's putting us in a pattern and it's putting us in a cycle. And those are th- those things that you're affirming over your life, you need to rebuke from them. You need to renounce them. You need to rebuke them and you need to offer it to the Lord and say, Lord, I do not identify myself with anxiety. I do not identify myself with depression. I identify myself with you, Lord. So who do you call me to be? How can you tame my tongue? And dang, we see in Genesis chapter one. In the, in the first, like, I think it's the third verse where God says, let there be light. And there's light. How there's power in a word. How a word can be the beginning of creation. How the words that come out of your mouth holds power. God, God's voice, his words alone made creation. He said, let there be light. And there was light. And because we are made in his in his image and in his likeness, we have the ability and the authority to do the same, to bless what's around us. Because our tongue is powerful. God said, let there be light and there was light. Imagine how God could speak into your life. Imagine how you could speak into your own life as an action of faith. By saying, Lord, how can, how could you... Give me a let there be light instance in, into my life, a miracle. And how can I pray, proclaim that outwardly? I don't know who needs to just look at their job or their circumstance or whether it's school or if it's a relationship and just proclaim goodness over it and proclaim blessings over it. Because we know that the power, the power of the tongue holds, holds life or death. That can bless or can curse. We need to stop cursing our brother and sisters and stop cursing our own lives when we should be blessing them. And this is the this is what we should do now is that, okay, now I'm acknowledging that I have been speaking things over my life that I should have not been speaking over my life, that I've been proclaiming things over my life I should have not been proclaiming. And I'm going to sit here And instead of just dwell and continue to curse my life, I'm actually going to bless it because my my tongue has the power to do that because of the spirit that lives inside of me and because I'm made in God's likeliness and because he said when 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 he said let there be light there was light and when he said let us make mankind in our image there was mankind made in his image what he says it goes through imagine what would happen if we were to do the same by faith by the revelations that god gave us imagine how transformative your life would be if you just went to your work and said i love my job <laughs> I'm grateful for my job. I'm going to stop complaining about my coworkers that are literally doing nothing for me and be grateful for the position that I'm in because I actually really do love my job. I'm not going to allow the comments of other people, their attitudes and their tone disturb what God has called me to do. If you're in school, Lord, I know you called me to be here. I belong at this school. I belong in this major. I need to finish my degree. Lord, I belong in ministry. I am beautiful. I am strong. I am powerful through you, Jesus. I am courageous. I do not have anxiety. I do not fear. I am confident. All through you, God. And the things that we feel weakened, that we that we want to bless. Maybe you don't feel the most confident, but you're like, God, I want to feel confident. Take out evil words out of your mouth that is completely 
just smashing your your confidence and say God instead of just keep cursing over myself I'm actually going to speak life over it and allow you to do that because when I am weak you are strong I must must decrease so you can increase because this is something we can't do on our own. I hope every every episode you kind of get like the same thing that that this is something we need help in and we can't do this ourselves. This is something God has to completely guide us in because we don't have the power alone to do so. God wants to help you tame your tongue. God wants to guide you on how to speak blessings over your life and how to get rid of the cursings you're speaking over your life. He wants to guide you he wants to he wants to you to know who he made you to be. I think we lose our own identity because we're so wrapped up in what other people think about us or what we even think about ourselves or the position we're in or how I think and how I feel when we're when we're lost in who we are, we need to go to the one who made us, to the one who called us out by name, who finds favor in us, who enjoys us. God enjoys us. If God enjoys us, girl, you better enjoy yourself. God doesn't want you to hate yourself. I don't know who this is going to. God doesn't want you to hate yourself. He enjoys you. He wants you to enjoy you. He wants you to enjoy him. He wants you to enjoy the fact that he made you so fearfully and wonderfully made. What did I write down? <laughs> I want to see if there's anything I want to speak about. I feel like I kind of went over a lot. But I'm going to close this out by saying, how can we control our tongue? It, it said in James that uh, a bit in a horse's mouth. And I learned by watching a Jackie Hill um Jackie Hill sermon, I think this was like last year on the tongue, is that she went horse riding and a bit, uh, like like the mouth of a horse is so sensitive. And now when you ride a horse, like something's in the mouth and you're like, yeah, and like whip it. It's, it, it. it is so sensitive that the muscle that's in their mouth controls the whole body. So while you may think you're on a horse and you may fall or it might go crazy, you actually have more control over it than you think because you are taming the mouth. Because, because the mouth is being pressured. And whenever you lift up that rope, it's hitting something that controls the rest of the body. So we know that from our tongue, this, this needs to be an act of self-discipline. Because what comes out of our mouth just so recklessly indicates our lack in self-control. Stop cursing so much. I know it may be corny, but even if you hear songs that have curse words in it, you better shut your mouth. (laughs) Sing songs that don't apply to you. Sing songs that actually may be cursing you that you're singing along to. It's that deep. Saying things, cursing. The way you speak to other people, watch your mouth. You gotta be self-disciplined. Because once you get this mastered, you're able to control the rest of the body. This is going to help with temptation, with anything physical. This is going to help with lust. This is going to help with modesty. This is going to like anything. Uh, this is gonna help with idolatry. This is gonna help with anything on the spectrum that revolves around your flesh because this is the trigger this is the doorway and you gotta close it so the wind don't come through and mess everything up that's going on right here in your body so make sure to be self-disciplined in this season of of watching your mouth and correcting it and letting god correct it for you because we can't lean on our own understanding we have to let god speak truth into our lives and by knowing that we have to know who jesus is And how he walked and how he spoke to other people. Really analyze how Jesus spoke to people. And you'll have a better idea of how you should speak to others. And I'm going to kind of send you guys home with like an assignment. If you want to know 
how Jesus was speaking to his disciples, even to those who hated him, read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and, Luke and John, any one of those. Just read it all the way through. See how Jesus operates. We should replicate him. That's what scripture calls us to do, is to replicate Christ. Literally, Jesus walked so we could run. I, I really believe in you guys, and I believe this is going to be so transformative. And I, I think this raised a lot of awareness with our tongue. And uh, yeah, like how I said, this episode was kind of all over the place. I didn't, I didn't plan on speaking about any of the stuff that I that I did speak about, but it just like happened, and I don't think I'm mad about it. Um, so. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, yeah, that was just kind of like a different episode. I just let God do what he needed to do, I guess. <laughs> but um, thank you guys for listening. Um, if you just want to keep up with updates and whatnot, just make sure you follow. Um, I post on Instagram mostly, which is Save Not Soft Podcast. Um, also, I've received a few messages from you guys about tithing and wanting to tithe towards this ministry so in the link of this video and also in my instagram there is a, a link in the link tree um that gives you an option to tithe towards this ministry everything goes into this um so yeah i've just gotten a few messages that were wanting to tithe towards this so just want to let you guys know that i set up um a separate bank account a separate thing just for ministry um just for this so um yeah if you feel led to give give if you don't don't like girl i am mad um it's all by the grace of god but um i'm so blessed that you guys are here and that you listen to this message and I, and I, I just pray that this um like this is just so transformative i i have a great feeling that it is but uh i adore and love each and every single one of you guys uh and just pray that the lord continues to bless you this week speak life over you and that you learn to speak life over your current situation or whatever's going on in your life i love you guys so much be blessed not stressed and yeah that's that bye you guys